Welcome to a brand new episode of the Bull Take Podcast. I'm Austin Hill. With me as always, Austin Waiter. And today, we are talking award predictions. Um, Before we get into it, just want to remind you guys, yesterday, playoff prediction episode came out. Austin Waiter does a great job guiding us through there. We make some irrational decisions. Um, we sound like complete psychopaths, but it's all going to happen it's exactly all gonna as we said, even though we both have different exactly. predictions. It's exactly. going to happen exactly we're gonna, as we said. It's, we're going to get the same. It doesn't matter. They're going to combine into one team, and they're going to go. That's exactly how it's going to so be. So that's exactly what's going to go down. Um, but make sure to give that episode a listen. came out yesterday, and then come back to give this one a listen, talk about those award predictions. Um, but right away, we just get to it. Um you know, the, so the finalists haven't been announced for award predictions, so that leaves a little more um, free reign yeah. to go ahead and uh, name your picks. And also, you know, it kind of makes our predictions seem a little more warranted, a little more valued, um, as opposed to, you know, you know, you could be, you know, blindfolded and just pick one of the three yeah. finalists. And you got a, like a 33% yeah. chance of getting it right. So here, you know, it's uh, it's it's the wild, wild west. Uh, with our award predictions, and uh, we're gonna start. Uh, we're gonna start from uh the some of the lower tier and build our way up to that great MVP. Even though my list started with MVP, but I want to do it a little bit different <laughs> this time. Make you stick around to oh, listen for the MVP. I like picks. it. Um, so let's start with Coach of the Year. Uh, lot of surprising teams, good teams, lot of good coaches out there. Um, several guys that I had trouble picking through so who do you got here uh for me it was it was really tricky because there's a part of me that felt that monty williams definitely deserved it but after carefully considering it uh i've decided to go with taylor jenkins from memphis i mean the jump to go from playing team last year now they're a top two seed uh in the western conference is is something that's really hard to really hard to do in just one year so now for me a dark horse you know just have fun with a dark yeah. horse a dark horse for me uh would happen to be nick nurse of the toronto raptors he what did they did this year getting some pretty uh getting some pretty good success on a year that after entering the year when no one really knew what to expect from toronto some people thought that would either be you know maybe Barely getting the play, maybe getting the play in, or just not be good at all. But they beat those odds and got to the five seed. Yeah. So Nick Nurse would be my dark horse. Um, my coach of the year prediction is actually Billy Donovan. Hey, um, now this is a bit of a more controversial pick, I know, because the Bulls finished six seed, but what? the Bulls had a lot of success here uh, this season. I think Billy Donovan's done a great job. Um. And honestly, if it wasn't for injuries, the Bulls would have had a higher finish. Um, I don't think too much of that can be put on the coach. Uh, so I like Billy Donovan here uh, just for what he did for us this season. Um, but my uh, my dark horse, or I guess not really a dark horse in this case, but I would say Monty Williams would be another guy I would name here um, to go back-to-back, I believe. He was coach of the year last year. If he wasn't, he deserved um, it. <laughs> so that is uh that's that's where I would go just because obviously the Suns dominated the NBA for the beginning. I will of the give season. you credit for the Bulls, but I mean, like you said, the, the injuries that y'all had to deal with and some of the someone just having to roster adjustments that y'all had to do for Billy Donovan, you gotta I give him a ton of credit for that one, really. Yeah. 
um, really held us in there for a while. Um, now we'll take it up to most improved player of the year. And last year's most improved player of the year was Julius Randle. So a little bit to live up to, but who do you got here? Uh, to, to me, this one was really, really tough to pick from. I had a couple decent options, but in the end, I went with the guy that made, uh, to me, made a pretty big impact that no one really saw, especially from the jump he had from the year before to now. I went with Jordan Poole for the Golden State Warriors. I really, I've been a big fan of Jordan Poole since he hit that big shot for Michigan against Houston in March Madness. I've been a big fan of him and he stepped up big time. Things averaged about 18 points per game this year. He's done he's done a really good job for them and is a is a key piece. You know, that Warriors old saying was strength in numbers, and he's part of the strength in numbers for the team this year. Absolutely. My under uh underdog or dark horse pick here uh is an interesting one. I went with Desmond Bain from Memphis. He stepped up big time. I we talked about in our episode from yesterday, which like I said, go give it a listen. We talked about Memphis had done so well when John Morant was not able to play for them this year. And what was the main reason for that? They needed some guards to step up. Desmond Bain was one of them. He stepped up big time yeah. and was a key piece for them. So uh, I do like uh, I do like uh, Jordan Poole to win, but Desmond Bain is a guy I think equally deserves it as much. Yeah, uh, my most improved here would be um, Tyler Harrow. This is kind of more of a dead-on favorite. Uh, pick for a lot of people um, but rightfully so uh, I think that you know he was good in the bubble but then last year he had a lot of struggles and then everyone was calling um, him out everybody <laughs> called him a bust uh, you know fraud, bubble boy whatever bubble boy. <laughs> uh, but this year he really came out and he played phenomenal in that bench role this season uh, really showed out for his team and so I like Tyler Hero here averaging I believe over 20 points yeah I believe so um, so really just a great season out of him. Um, but my dark horse would actually be Kobe White. Uh, I think Kobe White had a phenomenal season this year. He averaged 15 points as a technically as a fourth-string point guard. Um, you don't see a lot of fourth-string point guards in the NBA do that. That's true. Um, he, but he averaged 15, shot the ball extremely well, and where he really improved was his playmaking. Um, Kobe White's biggest struggle since coming to the NBA was being starting point guard material. He would just couldn't play make. Yeah, I was about to say yeah, he's a he was a good scorer, but just he was just not, not all a around. playmaker. Um, he wasn't made. He just didn't play like a point guard. And this year, especially when Lonzo was hurt, Caruso was hurt, and Io was hurt, we had a stretch where all three <laughs> of them were hurt at the same time. Kobe White stepped up and started, and I think in those games he averaged 20, 25 points, um, along with, you know, five, six He re- showed uh, why assists. he deserved to be drafted where he was. Was yeah. he Was he top? Six, he was a sixth pick. It was, I, was, I was about to say, I thought he was, I was going to say like top five or six, I thought. But yeah, sixth pick. Yeah, he showed definitely that he deserved it, but he's just part of the depth of the Chicago Bulls yeah, team. and so I really think that he showed up this year, but I would take uh, Tyler Harrow uh, as my first overall choice for most improved. I would go with him there, but I have him for another award that I know we'll talk about here in a minute. Uh, yeah, actually bringing that up right now, we're going to go to sixth man of the year. Uh, and so I imagine I know where you're taking <laughs> with this. Uh, last year, Jordan Clarkson was our sixth man of the year. So who do you got? 
Uh, to me, like I said, this, to me, this is a, this is a no brainer. You know, there are times, you know, I, I jokingly joke with Carter. I'm, I like joke about it. Tyler heroes overrated and all that, yeah. but no, he stepped up big time this year. He showed people. It's like, yeah, I ain't no bubble boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a grown man that showed it. And he showed it, uh, coming off the bench, being a big time player. And even, you know, the small chances he got to start whenever the team wasn't completely healthy. So to me, it's like if there's if it's anyone else, I would be surprised because there's there was not a better six man in basketball this year. I guess if I have to pick a dark horse, it'd probably be Cam Johnson for yeah. the Phoenix Suns. I said you could say a lot of things about the players on the Phoenix Suns, best record in the NBA, overall really good team. But Cam Johnson has consistently gotten better year after year, and you got to wonder what kind of impact he can make uh, in the next couple of years too. Yeah. So. Uh, I think Cam Johnson could be a dark horse, but to me, like I said, if it's anyone other than Tyler Hero, I would be I would be very, very, very surprised. Uh, yeah, and honestly, I'm with you on this one. I've got Tyler Hero also bringing home the sixth man of the year, a lot of hardware, and so I won't harp on too long about him because you know we just talked about him three times in a row. <laughs> um, but my dark horse is actually somebody that uh, I think should get a little credit for what he's done this season, but not take home the award. It, that's Kevin Love. That's um, a good one. Yeah, Kevin good Love one. has really stepped into and embraced um, this veteran leader uh, and bench presence uh, role that he's been given in Cleveland. He signed that huge extension, and a lot of people thought that that meant, uh, you know, big-time trade coming. Somebody's got him locked up for a long time. But really what that's meant is, you know, five years uh, – well, it will be five years when the contract's over, but five more years – of Kevin Love being a you know great presence for a team, and like I said, he's he stepped into that leadership role and that bench role, and so I really think that Kevin Love deserves some credit for his performance this season, but probably not going to win yeah. six man of the I'm, year. I mean, yeah, I, you got to give Kevin Love a, a ton of credit for that. You remember like a few years ago when LeBron left, Kyrie left, people were like, we got to get Kevin Love out of there. We yeah. got to get him out of there. He he deserves to be better, but he's like, no, he stuck around. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay with him. I like it here. And he stuck with the team even whenever they had their down years after LeBron left and was like, no, I want to stick with them. I want to be a part of the people that helped turn this into a, a great team again. And they built up year in and year out. And he's always been that consistent presence within the organization. Absolutely. And being a key bench player, I mean, you saw what he did in the final regular season game. I think he had like, what, 40 points and like, not even 20 yeah. minutes. So uh, you can see whenever he just wants to, he can just go, he can just go crazy. So uh, I, I would, I like I said, I would like, it'd be cool if he won, but there's no way it's anybody yeah, but Tyler no Hero. It's anybody but Tyler Hero. And now we do, we enter the big three. The big the three. Um, we'll start with rookie of the year. Last year's rookie of the year, LaMelo Ball. Um, but, you know, there were, this rookie class was an interesting one. Um, and so I'd like to hear who you got for rookie of the year. This one was really, this one was kind of tricky for me. Cause I think there's three guys that you could consider for the award. Uh, one, obviously number one pick Cade Cunningham, just cause, well, he's number one pick. Everyone's going to, you know, win now pick that, uh, Evan Mobley, another really good one. He's actually my dark horse pick because I mean, the impact he had on the Cavs is, uh, really has been really tremendous. And like you said in the episode yesterday, uh, he's just got – he had so much size that the Cavs yeah. have to their front court with him, uh, Jared Allen, and then Laurie Markin, and then Kevin Love off the bench. So, And then my winning, winner for Rookie of the Year, who I really liked and the way he stepped up, 
uh, is Scotty Barnes for uh, Toronto. I said it whenever he got drafted. Guys from Florida State know how to get it done do. in the NBA. Great defense, great length, and can be just a great part of a team. And he has shown that and helped Toronto uh, get back get back to the postseason. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I actually went with somebody you didn't even name. Oh, is it? Is it who I think um, it is? It might be. Uh, I picked Josh Giddy. Oh, okay. Um, I've been watching Josh Giddy closely for a while. I actually like to keep up with the NBL. I think it's pretty interesting. The Australian uh, equivalent to the NBA, for those of you that don't know. Um, and he's been playing over there for a while. Um, and that's saying something because he's eight, like 18, 19 this year. He's been playing for a few years um, in the NBL uh, to get some experience and just get some uh, – because, you know, you have to be however long out of high school. Yeah. Um, so I think just, it's like one year in high yeah. school. And so he's an Australian-born kid, played in the NBL, um, and now coming over to the NBA, uh, I thought the Thunder got a steal with where they got him because he is 6'8", he could play a wing spot, but he's got the ball-handling skills of a point guard, um, and he's a triple-double machine. He's a more efficient Russell Westbrook, a bigger, more efficient Russell Westbrook, in my opinion. Um and to pair him with a guy like Shai Gilgis Alexander, they're building a, a team that could literally be six five and up from the point guard position down to the center. Um, and so size is always going to be important in the NBA. That's something that you can never undervalue. Yeah. And having a skill set like Giddy, I think he really showed this year why he should be the rookie of the year. Um, but my dark horse is actually a guy that I think would have probably won the award. Uh, had he had first round clout on his name, yeah. Um, and that's Io Dosumu. Yeah, that's who. Um, I, that's who I thought you originally were going to say was the winner. So as much as I want to pick him, the being a first round pick means too much to rookie of the year and all rookie first team, which I think are both going to be snubbed from Io Dosumu, and that's really because there has not been a more impactful rookie in the NBA than Io Dosumu. When we talk about Cade Cunningham, when we talk about Jalen Green, when we talk about Josh Giddy, we're talking about guys who didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, when we talk about Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley, they're guys that are not the you know main piece of their their team. And when Io stepped up in these injuries, he wasn't the main piece, but he went from five points a game as a fourth-string point guard just at the beginning of the season yeah. to 15 points a game and taking our biggest shots of the game. I don't know how many games this season he hit the game-winning three-pointer in the corner. <laughs> I don't know how many times he handled the ball and created a great play for DeMar DeRozan to win the game. Uh, it, it just can't be understated how impactful his defense was, how impactful his leadership was as a rookie. Um uh, quite a a play you never see. DeMar DeRozan misses a layup, wants to argue a foul, and Io Dosumu grabs him and pulls him away. That is a 10-year NBA vet move to pull on the superstar of the team as a rookie, and that really just goes to show his development. Um, and I, I give a lot of credit to uh, Brad Underwood at Illinois. Uh, for that, he's a great coach. Um, just a little shout out to the Illini yeah. there. Uh, uh, I have a. I want to just add. I still remember the day we we watched the NBA draft last year together, and 
you had said how much you thought Iowa would be so good for the Bulls, and I, and you thought we, I remember in our mock drafts, we both had him going in the first round, and you're yes. like, there's no way the Bulls can, you think, would get him. Then as soon as second round starts, I'm on my way home, and I see that the all got him. I'm like, yo, that's that's a terrific pick. So home, basically playing for his team where he played at college pretty much, yeah. right in the same And where state. he grew up. Exactly. And then I want to add some for the Thunder player, you know, Josh, Josh Giddy. Giddy. Uh, along with him, they also had uh, their, a point guard come up in the following weeks. I don't know if you saw the master of the hook shot nowadays. I think his name's Xavier Simpson, but I don't know if you've heard about him in the in the G League. He he is a man that a guard that is the hook shot king. Wow! In the NBA, in the you could look up his highlights. I mean, the man will drive baseline and do just a casual sky hook, and it goes in every time. It's the strangest thing, but I love seeing it in the year 2022 that, I'm, wow. that a guard is attempting a hook shot. So I just wanted to add that in real quick. Absolutely earth-shattering. Um, but, you know, just some thoughts there on Rookie of the Year. Let's talk Depoy now. There um, we go. This is an award that has uh, been in controversy the last couple of years because people just don't seem to think that the best defender in the NBA should win it. They think Anthony Davis should. Last year, it was Rudy Gobert, who is now a three-time Defensive Player of the Year. And a lot of people felt, including me, should have been Bam, honestly. Uh, a lot of people, including me, thought it should have been Rudy Gobert. Okay, come on. I think Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert is probably the best defensive center in basketball. It just happens. Um, but who you got this year? Who do you have taken it away this year? Well, listen, I am very tempted to go with Bam for back-to-back years. I'm very tempted to. But I'm instead going with one that's not that's getting a little bit of talk, but not a lot, and I think he deserves it. And that's Mikael Bridges for the Phoenix Suns. Man, I believe he's played in every single game this year. One he of has. the few guys that played in every single game for this for a team this year. So uh, just imagine that defensive presence there night in, night out. You don't got to worry about him taking a night off. And you also add in the fact that he's a Villanova guy. And Villanova players, whenever they enter the NBA, they are just great fundamental players on both sides of the ball. And, you know, he's already a great scorer for Phoenix. And his defense just picked up on an insane level this year for him. Absolutely. So, I would give it to him. And, you know, I guess Bam isn't a dark horse for it, but I still think he deserves it just as much. You know, obviously his ability to guard in the post and then be able to guard on the perimeter – I think that really helps. And then, you know, I'll go with an actual dark horse, uh, Robert Williams for the Boston Celtics. I think he he could also be in the conversation. Of course, injuries might really keep him out of the conversation. Yeah. But it took him a few years. People forget how dominant he was at Texas A&M. Yes, for they the, do. So, uh, and now he's getting to that level in the NBA. So, you people you people better watch out for Robert Williams in the future. Absolutely. Um, I also said Bam as my uh... – my dark horse guy. I only have him considered a dark horse here because uh, I'm un- I, from what I've seen. I don't think he'll end up being a finalist. Yeah, um, which so, is kind is kind of ridiculous on yeah. my part. But um, I, I have him listed as my dark horse for those reasons. Again, like you said, great defender. That perimeter defense is really something yes. that you don't see uh, from a lot of great defensive centers, um, and that's very impactful. 
Um, but my defensive player of the year is Marcus Smart. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Marcus Smart does not deserve to be the defensive player. <laughs> I of the was year. about to get. I was about to get up and leave out of my own house um, if you would no. have said Marcus Smart here. Per advanced statistics, uh, my behind. I hate when people say that Marcus Smart is. It's like advanced, Ben Simmons all over again. What advanced statistics are you looking at, Demarcus? Or uh, Marcus Smart is the most do nothing. Basketball player and one of the main things was. he did on the defensive end this year was hurt Steph Curry. Yeah, that's like the main thing. Um, that's the, whenever I think of his defensive play this year, the only thing I'm like, oh yeah, he hurt Steph Curry in that one year. Besides that, he hasn't done anything that's like over yeah. like impressed me. Like, wow, he should be defensive player of the year or even so, in conversation. So that was my little deke for you. I'm not picking Marcus Smart because he doesn't deserve to be. Uh, uh, no, it's like Ben Simmons last year. Yeah, <laughs> um, I've got a man who we're all very familiar with. Oh, don't, a man don't, I've been picking don't, for a long time. Don't you do and it. a man who's taken the hardware again this year because he is the stifle tower. He is the best defensive player in the league. Rudy Gobert, the man oh, is no. unstoppable. No, oh man, he's unstoppable. You watch this guy's highlights on defense. Gets back in transition. Four on one, four on one. Nobody wants to go up on Rudy Gobert, and it results in a missed layup against Rudy Gobert. That is crazy stuff. Uh, I, I just don't know how you can pick against Rudy Gobert unless it's voter fatigue. I do not get voter fatigue because I like to give the best player, most deserving player, the award. So Rudy Gobert hopefully will become a four-time defensive player of the year this year. Uh, okay, listen, I will say this. I like Rudy Gobert. You know, I'm, I'm not – but Future Chicago Bull, Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Well, I don't know. The Warriors would like to have a talk about that. <laughs> uh, so that's listen. I'm I, I'm not, I'm not a hater of Rudy Gobert, but I like you said. I have a little voter fatigue. I don't. I think he's. Don't get me wrong. Best defensive center in the NBA, Rudy Gobert, no doubt in my mind. Let me clarify. Let me clarify that. But to me, you know, after a little while, people it gets a little repetitive. That's just that's just my way of looking at it. Of course, yours is different from it. So I mean, I I get that mindset. Don't get me wrong, but I think that it's not on Rudy Gobert to stop True. being the best. That's defender. a good point. It is on that's everyone else point. to step their game up. But yes, I understand that some people want to see somebody else win the award. That's a you know that's a that is a really good point. I mean, what do you guys say? It's like Rudy, stop being a good defender. Hey Rudy, how about you stop being the best defensive center for one daggum year so somebody else can win? And a four on one, just don't get back. Yeah. Just let them have a lay in. So, I mean, I, I get both sides of the coin, but that's just kind of my look. At, at All the, right. At I'll, the I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Next year, I am i don't know if I will, though. Next year, unless he just has the, uh, the like, an amazing year, I might be like, okay, Austin, you st- stop it now. But I, I will allow it this year. Unless Rudy Gobert's a bad – if he's a bull next year, you know I'm picking on that. Oh, of course. What. If he's a bull, I know you're going to pick him to win MVP maybe. But even. If, he, <laughs> if he's bad next year, then I won't pick him. But if he has the same kind of season, I'm picking him again. Um, and but this takes us to the award to win all awards, the the greatest award there is. Well, not really. NBA champions probably greatest. I was about to say, yeah, uh, NBA champion or NBA Finals MVP. I'm sure. But like this is a good one. This is one you want to have on the resume. MVP. Last year it was Nikola Jokic, the first center to win it since Shaquille. Very well deserved. Neil. Very well deserved. And we picked him. Yes, we did. Um, and so for this one, I'll say my dark horse first. One that I think also deserves it. Devin Booker for the Phoenix Suns deserves a very good chance to uh, win it. Obviously, like we've already talked about how good Phoenix has done this year. 
So, and Devin Booker, you know, in my opinion, for the past two years, should have been in the MVP conversation more Absolutely. for what he does for that team. But my my MVP pick, I mean, come on. You're telling me there's someone better than Jokic this year? That's You're fair. telling me that? Man, I forget all the stats he led the Nuggets in this year. I think it was points, rebounds, assists. Uh, I want to say he led them in steals, too. Uh, I know he led them in block. He led them in so many categories. He carried this Nuggets team Absolutely. all the way through. And anybody who says he is not the best player in the NBA this year He's overall, lying. they are liars. And they, you know, I could come out and say Kawhi Leonard's best player, and he didn't even play this year. And I, and even then, I'd be lying. Or if I said, you know, some other guys were the best. No, Jokic is far and away the MVP this year. And if like it's like last year, if it's anybody else, I will be surprised. Um. I, I agree. I think Jokic had a good year, and I think he is worthy of a repeat for sure. I think he is more worthy than Joel Embiid to win the award. Um, my dark horse, yeah, this is going to shock some people, actually, because I have been a, a big hater of this player ever since joining the podcast. Interesting. But I would say LeBron James. Um, I am not a big LeBron James fan. I do not think he should win the award. But statistically, this is one of the best seasons he's ever had. Definitely. Um, he's, you know... Up there in age, I want to say 36. 36, um, 37, he's somewhere up there. So, you know, phenomenal numbers at his age. Um, the thing that really hurts his case, and the only reason I was willing to name him as a uh, as a dark horse because I am almost confident he won't win it, is because the Lakers were abysmal this year. So having a great year doesn't really matter that much, um, which is why I felt comfortable enough to put him as my dark horse. Otherwise, you wouldn't see him <laughs> that's, in here. That's fair. That's fair. I was I was expecting you kind of to say at first, you know, maybe tomorrow is a dark horse because he really did help carry the Bulls team for the most part um, of the year. But for my MVP award, I have DeMar DeRozan. I okay. think DeMar DeRozan should take home the hardware. I agree that Jokic does it all. He's a great player. But I don't think any of the Bulls' struggles – if Jokic can win the award as a sixth seed, so, so can, can DeMar. Yep. DeMar has not done anything wrong. He had one of the he had not one of the greatest scoring stretch in the history of basketball. It was 30 plus points and over 50% shooting. If it's a record Wilt Chamberlain has and you now have it, <laughs> it's the greatest record you can have. I mean, we're talking about Will Chamberlain, one of the greatest scorers in the history of the game. Uh, of course, part of that's due to the era he played in, but he was a freak of I nature. I mean, you're, you're trying to tell me right now Will Chamberlain would not be a dominant player no, in no, today's No, no, I absolutely NBA. think he, he would. would. Per reports, he could dunk on a 12-foot goal, yeah. which is two feet higher than the current uh, NBA that's goal. That's to tell you the answer right now. <laughs> um, so, in his prime, I think he could still dominate. Um but I, I think DeMar DeRozan really had a great season. And I, I don't think this is just about the great scoring stretch. He made the Bulls relevant. He made the Bulls relevant. He was exciting, must-see TV, night in and night out. And it's a career resurgence. Toronto traded into San Antonio, and everybody forgot about DeMar DeRozan. Except for those that actually followed yes. the NBA and saw what he was doing for the Spurs. If you listen to our All-Star episode way back from last year, I said DeMar DeRozan had every right to be an All-Star. That He was all yes. over my picks. DeMar DeRozan was 
making career improvements then. His assist numbers were up. His rebound numbers were up. His steal numbers and blog numbers were up because he was playing center for San Antonio at one point. And so to be signed by the Bulls, named the worst offseason signing, I, I, I it, it, it just it – sh- it feels right. There should be a storybook ending to this great season for DeMar DeRozan. It's uh, a big season for the legacy that DeMar DeRozan leaves behind, that he's not just this Toronto Raptors legend. He's more than that. He's still got a lot left in the tank, and he has made the Bulls relevant for the next at least four years to come. Yeah, I agree. I mean, not bad. Like you said, for the worst free agent signing, Yeah, he, he did a pretty good job. I can very much understand that. You know, like, I mean, Jokic did it. I think Denver was a six seed last year too. Yeah, they were they were somewhere in that like four or five six. Yeah, so Demar could definitely be in that conversation. He was in it for like the first half of the year. I don't know what made people go away from. I guess maybe the Bulls like struggling some, but I mean, besides that, I don't see why you would go the away from part them. Is that scoring stretch was in the second? Yeah, half exactly. Of the season. That was post All Star break. Demar. Well, it was right before the All Star break, and then after the yeah. All Star break, but still. And then, uh, and then his clutch shooting during the beginning of the year was. Yeah. I know he broke the pace, my Pacers heart, like three times in the beginning of the year. Yeah, and then the next night did it against the uh, the Wizards. Um, that was phenomenal to have back to back buzzer beaters and two different calendar years: yep. December thirty first and January second. How many people can say that? Come yeah. on. <laughs> um. So really, uh, just some some great work from Demar Derozan this season, but. Uh, overall, you've got our awards. You've heard our predictions. Now you know where to put your money. Go to Vegas right now. Put your life savings down on these predictions, especially yes. Tyler Hero, Sixth Man of the Year. That one you can almost guarantee. You can almost guarantee, so it wouldn't even be worth betting on at that point. But go bet DeMar DeRozan. Go bet Rudy Gobert. Go bet Nikola Jokic. You bet these picks. These are the right picks. Um, because we're the Bull Take Podcast, and, and that's what we do. Exactly. We're ne- we're never wrong. We're never yeah. wrong. Never wrong. We've never go, – go back, listen to all yeah. the episodes. Never we been have never wrong. been wrong at all. And we have history. said we have said that it could happen on something. That's that's saying us predicting yeah. it. So, therefore, we've never gone – we've never gone to wrong. Never. Never. Never, ever. But with that, it's going to do it for Austin Waiter, Austin Hill. This is the Bull Take Podcast. Thank you for listening.